emotional moment given the fact that my parents fled a revolution to come to this country and now their kid is on the ballot. That is the epitome of the American dream. So I'm happy to be here and I look forward to engaging in a dialogue with the other challengers. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan Kajaste. And Diamond Dave, you have a question. I do. Now, each and every one of you, all three of you, uh, we've had conversations earlier on. There's been a lot of water under the bridge since you were last in here. Is that right? But you weren't here. Is that right? Just go. Yeah, I, 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 what I'd like to ask you, that was really early in the campaign. Yeah. You were just getting started. Now I hear you now, some months down the line, you're really proud of yourselves, really able to, to find yourself in a way, proud of yourself and find yourself, and here you were, here you are, and I want to ask you, what, uh, what, what, was, what, what has the campaign been like? What have you learned, been learned in this campaign? You've been going to, uh, you've been going to various functions, I assume. You've been getting out there in the city, I assume. You've been at various forums where the three of you sit together, maybe. I don't know about whether you've seen Nancy Pelosi or had a chance to talk to her, but here we are just a few days before Election Day. What are the lessons? What do you think? What are you going to tell yourself? What do you tell yourself about all the time you put in wanting to be elected? And by the way, to the people who don't know listening out there, this is not going to be ranked choice, is that right? This is uh, this is where you vote for a single candidate, and eventually two candidates will be out, and they might both be Democrats. It's not going to be a Democrat or Republican any longer. Those days are over. The top two that can then come out of the primary and will run again. Am I right so far? You got it. Okay, so you still have a ways to go. What are you? Hopefully, what are you three? Maybe have a ways to go. So tell us what it's been like. One correction. I've uh, you just mentioned Republicans and Democrats. I believe there'll be a Democrat versus a Green on the ballot in November. All right. Well, Barry, how is it? How is this? You, you've run for office before. Um, you said you mentioned earlier. Um, so, what is to Diamond Dave's question? What has this campaign been like for you? Well, thanks for the question. Um, I have an article that I've just written. It just has been published online uh, for the San Francisco Bayview newspaper, and the title of it um, is um, It's Difficult or It's Hard to Be a Green Party Candidate in a Democratic Party Town. Uh, you mentioned forums. I don't get invited. Um, uh, the Democratic clubs, the 38 Democratic clubs in San Francisco, um, uh, ever since Matt Gonzalez narrowly lost uh, to uh, Green Party candidate Matt Gonzalez narrowly lost to Gavin Newsom back in 2003, all of the Democratic Party clubs in town have been barred uh, from endorsing anyone but a Democrat. Um, uh, and I understand it was the Harvey Milk Club that actually had switched their endorsement from Tom Amiano uh, to Matt Gonzalez since Matt actually uh, got into the runoff against uh, uh, Newsom. And so there's a deliberate attempt uh, in, 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 because um, I, they cannot consider me for an endorsement without losing their, their charter. Um, uh, it also means that the clubs don't invite me. And, and I, so in my article, I say, you know, there are positives and negatives to this. Um, uh, the, obviously, the negative is not being able to speak to people who are voters, uh, even for their consideration. Uh, but the real positive thing is that it has given me much more time 
uh, to be out on the streets talking to people. I'm not filling out questionnaire, endless questionnaires uh, for all these groups. And this goes to any organization that is tied to the Democratic Party as well, uh, where I don't get consideration. Um, uh, it's 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 really amazing. Uh, I, I, I'll, I can only speak uh, particularly about my history with labor, and I do so in my article. Um, uh, SEIU, uh, back in 2006, they had invited me when I was a candidate for state assembly, and both of the Democratic Party candidates I, I admitted during the interview uh, I, with the uh, rank and file, they had not done as much for working people as I had. And I've never been invited, been invited back. I, I was told in advance of the meeting not to expect an endorsement. Uh, CNA, the California Nurses Association, I've been working with them for a long time on their number one policy objective, single payer. They won't mention me to their members, uh, uh, yet I support their number one objective. Nancy Pelosi does not. Uh, it's it's uh, I've had the most fun basically in this campaign. It's been energizing. I, I get up every day and go out and I'm hitting five, six, seven hundred doors. I'm I'm having fun. I'm meeting people. This is the best campaign of all the ones that I have uh, done. So. Thanks. Well, that is really interesting. You kind of get to have free range because uh, it's almost like with the systems that set up, you, you have nothing to lose. You know, you can get out there and and uh, talk about important issues and not have to worry about the backlash of. What's really concerning to me is the major question, and I have it on my campaign card. Why does the leadership of the Democratic Party prioritize military spending over everything else? And that is not the question that I'm allowed to ask in the labor community. It's not the question I'm allowed to any Democratic Party uh, a club. Uh, it's, it's, it, it is protecting the leadership of the Democratic Party, as far as I'm concerned, so that there can be no debate. Okay, thank you. I want seven. We know that, but also we know that some people who are, who enroll, I've got a friend, Barry, Barry, who ran for president from Vermont? From Vermont, running for president? Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Bernie, how about Bernie, here's Bernie. Bernie said I'm running a Democratic, but I'm a Democratic Socialist. And in fact, he never, he never gave that up, but he spoke of a Democratic Socialist. And he was kind of a Green. He went to Vermont as part of the Back to the Land Green movement. He was running, but I don't think he's ever said, I'm a Democrat in the usual sense. And I think the ways you can get over, ways you can get over, up to Sinclair, socialists back then were running for, for governor of California on the epic to end poverty in California ticket, uh, was a socialist who ran as a Democrat. There are probably ways you can figure it out, but I understand what you say, Barry, and I'm so glad that you're here. Let's hear it from the next one. What's it been like? Yeah, Shahid, what has it been like Shahid. for you? Sorry to <laughs> I just caught, caught you off guard a little bit. I apologize for this that. Golf cart is good. Um, looks like we're just keeping, the, yeah, we're just keeping the door closed to make sure we can get everybody's voices heard. So, Shahid, this this campaign for you, I know that um, so much advocacy work in your background, but not um, not particularly a fan of electoral politics. What's it been like for you as a candidate for Congress? 
It's a remarkably privileged opportunity to help mold a public conversation. You know, among the things I've learned are all the different ways that people can participate to help build a voice that is bigger than any one of us. And I've been really humbled by the contributions of all of our different volunteers and all of our different supporters. You know, we have uh, hundreds of supporters. We have hundreds of volunteers. It's a remarkably inspiring thing to witness a community of people come together across so many different communities, right? I mean, to see uh, people concerned about immigrant rights, to see people concerned about the military co-optation of our federal spending priorities, to see people concerned about health care, to concerned about housing, uh, concerned about the co-optation of the internet as a tool for global surveillance or the human rights abuses in which Nancy Pelosi has unfortunately proven complicit. Uh, people concerned about all these different issues are coming together around our campaign and it is a um, it, it's it's a very humbling feeling you know when I started out I felt very much like a David confronting a Goliath without a sling and uh, you know our supporters are the sling it's it I feel very much like a um, the possibilities that have emerged are are greater than what I could possibly have imagined at the outset and so that's one thing I've learned I've also at the same time learned that our civic uh, culture has eroded far worse than I even fear um, for instance I've sat in rooms where I've watched a uh, community of, of color um, a high-income community of color uh, at a mayoral forum greet with tepid applause one of the mayoral candidates who has long championed its interests while then greeting with roaring applause a candidate who very warmly talked about how uh, they would basically fleece this community and oppose its interests at every turn and to watch people cheer as they were basically being fed their own flesh was really disturbing to me and you know it, it exposed for me you know on the one hand uh, for me as the long established issue advocate entering the electoral arena a lot of people told me uh, that people don't have the attention span or the preparation to even understand what I might have to offer and, and teach and share. And I think on the one hand, while I've observed that to be the case in the broader political culture, which you know maybe is more concerned about sports scores than the policies that will enable people to live and thrive and survive in our city, uh, at the same time, I've seen a lot of people with very well-established concerns who've come out of the woodwork and, and blown wind in our sails. And I'm, I'm very excited to have their support and to represent their interests both in this race and hopefully in Washington. Well, that's that is that is exciting to to have have these kind of winds come through. Uh, kind of the winds of change you mentioned real quickly there. The 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 people paying attention to sports. Uh, there's a new movement of of people, mostly men across the country, men of color, and and it doesn't matter what color you are, but men who are um, black trying to black out the NFL um, by not going to the games, not buying tickets, not buying paraphernalia, um, and uh, basically just boycotting the NFL and, and, and instead just to jump on that. I mean, think it's because the NFL is boycotting athletes who have the temerity to go so far as to not even raise their voices, but merely to kneel in silent, respectful, peaceful protest. That's so offensive for the NSL NFL that athletes are getting blacklisted. This is basically a countervailing, you know, effort by consumers to flex our purchasing power to hold the NFL accountable to our own constitutional values. And I think it's particularly galling that Nancy Pelosi can't come out and very clearly support a star athlete in her town who's being silenced by an industry. I think it's a very telling reflection of where her own allegiances are. And also that that movement is um, what I, what's particularly kind of moving about it is that in, these people are dedicating themselves to not watch football on Sunday, but instead to actually go out and and 
do community work and bring young people in and, and like offer their energy to their community as opposed to a lifetime of Sundays on the couch. So um, I see that the 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 changes that are happening on you know different levels that we're not necessarily expecting. Um, I can see how maybe that's. Ex uh, coming into play in this in this election so Ryan maybe we can have your response to Diamond Dave's question um, of I know you talked a little bit about how this has been really energizing for you um, but t talk a little bit more about um, what what the whole process has been and the kind of maybe kind of the reactions that you've been getting um, being the youngest person to run for Congress of course it's <clears throat> it's been a learning experience we went into this really <clears throat> not knowing exactly what the process entailed to run for office. So we've learned so much in the process and we have been very humbled by individuals who've really resonated with our message. But at the end of the day, politics is politics and there'll always be gatekeepers. So the important message that I have for anybody that wants to run is keep your head up. People will try to tear you down. They'll try and thwart your campaign, start rumors, say that you're not qualified or you don't deserve to run. But at the end of the day, it's the people of San Francisco that get to decide, not some powers that be who try and dictate who, whose turn it is to run. So that's why we have been so excited that the press have decided to write about us. The Examiner, Weekly, Chronicle, things that we never thought would be possible because at the end of the day, these are established newspapers. And I think that shows how strong our message is that at the end of the day, I'm representing an idea. I'm not running for Ryan Kojaste. I'm running so that all of us see something being done and that instead of us complaining, we have an opportunity to take power back into our own hands. And it's a hard process. I was very nervous at the beginning, but I think now I've really found my voice. And I know that people are watching this because they wanna believe in hope again. They wanna believe that if this can be done, if we can set this precedent, break this glass ceiling, it would reverberate throughout the country. And hopefully more young people will say, look, if I'm upset, if I'm frustrated, the best way that I can do something about this and represent my community is throwing my hat in the ring. And it's not about winning or losing at this point because as Shah had mentioned before, it was about molding a dialogue. We can have people start talking about these issues because at the end of the day, the important thing is what the future of the Democratic Party is gonna look like. And it doesn't look like people who've been around for 30 plus years. I don't think anybody should be in office for that long. It's important to have new voices and it's important that we actually hold our leaders accountable. And that's why it's been so amazing to be out at these BART stops, at these Muni stops, knocking on doors. People are excited to speak to a candidate. It's been maybe 30 years that someone for Congress has knocked on some people's doors. And I'm saying, look, I'm running for Congress and I wanna know what keeps you up at night. And they can believe that you can trust in government again. People don't trust our government. And that's why a lot of the reason that people didn't go out to vote in 2016 or people voted for the candidate saying let's drain the swamp and now we live in a nightmare. We gotta strengthen the Democratic Party, that's by getting people energized and believing that they can take their frustration out at the polls and elect a new generation of leadership. Well, Ryan, while you have the microphone, um, let's get into some of this policy because I think all of you have illustrated to, to me, at least as our guest today, but also as our guests in the past, that you really all seem to have a very kind of big picture um, idea of some of the different things that really need to be addressed in order to really start helping people and making government work for, for um, 
society. So Ryan, while you still have the microphone, what are some of the you know couple top things that that if you're elected that you would really jump into? Um, you know, with, with two feet and, and try to enact change on right away. Of course. I'd first like to begin by saying that if I'm elected, I can't do anything on my own, which is why we need more good people not beholden to special interests and corporations running for office so we can actually change our discretionary budget and have it reflect the interests of the American people and not the special interests. I think an issue we all agree on is that our military budget is out of whack. And we gotta, we gotta change that. One specific example that really bothered me was in, tw in 2017, the National Defense Reauthorization Act. The Democratic leadership, Harris, Feinstein, Schumer, and Pelosi, all agreed that we need to raise Trump's military budget by $80 billion. Yet we can grant free two-year and four-year higher public education for every family in this country making less than $150,000. The federal government's share would be $47 billion. We could have people going to school, get educated because they're the future and help increase our GDP and, and really bolster our economy. But instead, we're funding the military industrial complex at the expense of the American people. I think at the end of the day, it's so important that we have campaign finance reform that we gotta overturn Citizens United. I can't do that on my own. We need a lot of people to support that. But one thing that's really important that I'd like to really have a national dialogue on is by making incremental progress on campaign finance reform is banning candidate contributions to your own campaign. Why should you have people like Dianne Feinstein who can sit on $8 million of her own money, put it into a campaign? The money should come from the people. Another really important thing for me is universal healthcare, a single payer Medicare for all healthcare system. Why do I support it? I had my family lose their healthcare coverage in the recession. I know what it's like to not be able to go to the doctor. I don't want any of my neighbors or anybody in this country to ever lose a home or go bankrupt or become homeless because they can't afford to fight a disease they never wanted in the first place. We need to have that. We have the money to do it, but unfortunately we have people beholden to pharmaceutical industries and insurance industries. They're not going to do it. And one last thing I want to say too that's a really hot button issue is common sense gun reform. I lost my cousin to gun violence in the 90s. This is an issue that is post-partisan. The majority of Americans, 70% of Americans believe that we need to close the loopholes on private transfers and at gun shows. Why can't we do that? We gotta make sure we can get the NRA out of our politics. The best way we can do that is having people who live those issues, who've been affected by those issues, to stand up and instead of being pragmatic, let's be passionate, let's fight for it, let's raise hell in Washington. And that's what we hope to do if we have the privilege of being elected to this seat. Thank you, Ryan Kojaste. You definitely should check out. What's your website, Ryan? Kojasteforcongress.com. K-H-O-J-A-S-T-E-H. It's a hard one. Thank you for that, though. And, and thank you for, for jumping on um, to talk about some of, some of those main issues about health care and uh, gun control and um, and. A beyond bloated military budget um, and the things that we could do with some of that um, if it's not uh, just going to um, wasteful projects and, right. and harmful projects. Um, how about we go to Shahid on the, on the same question? Um, I know that you're passionate about some of those things as well. How would you tie in that with, along with some of your other top priorities? Yeah, I'll start with three words, housing, healthcare, and cannabis, and I'll unpack the significance of each of them. Here in San Francisco, 
and in urban centers around the country, we have an urban housing crisis. And it's entirely predictable. It's the issue in the mayor's race with good reason, and it divides a lot of people who might otherwise agree on a whole range of issues. At the end of the day, whatever you think of the local policy issues surrounding the affordable housing market, at the federal level, it is inescapable that the federal government has effectively abandoned the project of investing in affordable housing. It used to be the case until the late 70s that the federal government invested many billions of dollars in community uh, development block grants through HUD. The budget for those programs has fallen over 70% since Nancy, over 60% since Nancy Pelosi came into office and over 70% since its high water mark in 1977. Uh, rebalancing the federal spending priorities to actually meet the needs of the American people. Housing is a big one. Another one is health care. Uh, the cost of corporate health care are one of the leading causes of both bankruptcy and homelessness. In addition to housing, homelessness is another issue here in San Francisco. People are very concerned about one of the most uh, crucial levers we can pull at the federal policy lever layer is to make sure that people aren't driven into the street by the costs of corporate health care. It's not just the case that a single-payer, government-paid system would drive down the costs across the system, and it would, both by leveraging an economy of scale, by expanding access to preventive care, which reduces the need for people then to seek more expensive crisis care in need. It also would be an incredibly powerful lever to pull to enable job creation when U.S. businesses, large and small, are no longer burdened with the yoke of providing their employees health insurance, which only businesses in the U.S. have to do, mind you, because businesses in other countries, civilized countries, provide health care for their citizens. Uh, here in the U.S., and that's one of the most uh, dramatic inhibitors of, of, of hiring and job creation, Detroit auto manufacturers spend more money on their employees' health care than they do on the steel in the cars. And there's no reason for that if we just allowed uh, the government to leverage the purchasing power that we all enjoy uh, with a single-payer system. It would make the system cheap, cheaper abroad, uh, across the field. It would uh, expand and better recognize human rights. It would prevent homelessness. It would enable job creation. The same kind of intersectional policy is apparent with respect to legalizing cannabis at the federal level. We already have legal cannabis here in California, but the war on drugs uh, continues to destroy the lives of individuals, uh, of families, of entire communities, entire races around the country. You know, we have replicated a racial caste system that rivals slavery in the antebellum period in its horror. And, you know, people often forget that slavery remains legal in the United States under the terms of the 13th Amendment as long as it's a condition of, of punishment. And we have replicated, through the war on drugs, a prison industrial slavery complex, worse, at least in terms of the number of people impacted, uh, uh, than, than, than the one we proudly uh, shrugged off 150 years ago. Um, Legalizing cannabis would not only remove a pretext for a lot of police interactions, it also would enable a boom in a green industry. Like the jobs that would be available in the cultivation, the distribution, the various administrative support functions in the, the cultivation and distribution of a carbon sequestering cash crop. Contrast that with fossil fuel extraction. You've got an industry there with horribly negative environmental externalities. Cannabis is an industry with positive environmental externalities in which 
which it just so happens our state and the Bay Area in particular is very well poised to benefit. If we were able to allow people in the cannabis industry access to banking services and interstate commerce, which is what federal legalization would enable, if we could get veterans access to cannabis instead of addictive opioids to deal with their PTSD, maybe more veterans would actually be able to survive the suicide epidemic that leaves so many of them tragically dead after they come back from armed service abroad. Uh, again, so just to sum that up, Housing, I think, is the most important issue confronting San Francisco. Uh, healthcare, I think, is the most important issue confronting our country. We have the money for both of those, as my allies in the race have, have noted, from the military budget. And I think that legalizing cannabis is another of those uh, post-partisan, trans-partisan positions that the American people have come together around, even as our bipartisan governance system has continued to turn a blind eye. Thank you, Shahid. Shahid. Time of day. Amazing. And that a couple of uh, that uh, housing, health care, and cannabis. Maybe cannabis can help pay for it. Let's figure out how to be to do that. Help pay for health care and housing. Number one, I think you might. And number two, and I'm about to get to all three of you. Number two, I hadn't thought of your vision, but David and Goliath. David the Slingshot. He was from here. He was around. The locals were all around him. He was going to become king eventually. Not so. And Goliath was from somewhere else. And so I liked you, David and Goliath. And uh, seen it that, quite that way. And then I did the moment you mentioned it. David the Slingshot, homeboy. But what I said, all three of you. Tuesday is Election Day. Our next program here of the Common Thread Collective will be Friday. And it will be on each and every Friday after that. And I want to invite all three of you, all of you, and in fact, you brought together your campaign staff. I want to invite them too. You got Ryan. To all of you, thank you. Talk about building a movement. The movement that's going to go beyond Election Day. You're going to need a few days rest, but then it's ready to jump in again. What's it going to look like? How we can do it? I want to invite all three of you to come back. And we're not the voice of what's happening, but we're our voice of building that movement in these troubled times. What do you think of that? Mutiny Radio. Come on back. Sounds great. Well, yeah, because we're really only halfway there. Yeah, because this this uh, this June fifth election is the primary exactly. for this uh, for this seat in the House of Representatives for District Twelve, um, and yeah, it, well, I mean Pelosi as an incumbent obviously is going to garner a large amount of the June fifth vote because a lot of people kind of you know passively vote for the people who they think are good and already doing a good job and are already there and. Um, you know that that's that's a lot of the thinking behind voting, um, unfortunately. But uh, we're we're doing something different here at Muni Radio. We want to make sure that voices are heard. We want to make sure that um, maybe some somebody in this room is going to be the number two candidate in June, so that this uh, the campaign and this coalition of progressive ideas can build up to the November election. And like Ryan was saying, it's important most of all to get um, these. Uh, get the democratic establishment at the very least um, to recognize that times have changed. We're going beyond all that. Democrat, Green, let's get together. Love one another right now. We're here in San Francisco, and the movement is building. It's called resistance. It started with the Women's March. In my mind, it started with me, the new level. And it was the Women's March. That wasn't Democrats, but it was what it was. 
people were coming together, millions, thousands and thousands of women coming together. Well, I believe there's that's, that that's where the leadership is coming from, and that's what I say just to uh, end up. Goddesses galore, sisters glorious. Well, on that note, and Barry, I, did, I didn't mean to um, like not give you a chance to uh, answer that question. I thought, that in, in a sense, because you were talking about the, the military budget, that that was... Um, Kind of obviously the biggest concern for you. Do you want to tie that into any other issues? Well, yes, I'm very glad that uh, she had brought up the issue of housing uh, because it really does dominate uh, uh, the discussion for uh, our mayoral candidates, um, as it should. Um, and I appreciate that a little bit of the additional background info, info regarding uh, federal funding, the lack thereof. Uh, uh, but the additional point that folks really do uh, need to understand is that homelessness in America um, was not a major, major issue like it is today uh, until the early 1980s. And that was a direct uh, result of the federal government uh, stopping to fund workforce housing. Um, I get, have given the example before of uh, I have a niece who's living in a two-bedroom condo in the suburbs of Phoenix. And, and it, because it was a federal project that was built in the mid-1960s, um, at the time to move into it, families I only needed to put $1,000 down. And then you just, you pay um, uh, basically fees that are used to uh, maintain the property pay property taxes or whatever, uh, but the property is never bought and sold again, so there's no speculation going on. And my brother was able to buy in, in uh, on 1990 for $10,000, you know, so from 1966 until 1990, that's all it, it went up. And I asked him last year, Randy, if you were to quote unquote sell that unit, how much would you get? And he said, oh, about $10,000, you know, here we are 28 years later, 27 years. Um, and, and so my niece is living in that apartment, hasn't been, a uh, uh, condo, hasn't been formally transferred to her yet. And she's paying $409 a month which is about one-third to one-fourth what the market rate is in that area. Federally funded housing that is run by the tenants and is never bought and sold again. It has the power to provide affordable housing in this country, and it has the power to make a significant impact on our homeless crisis. And what's really been disappointing is that Nancy Pelosi has not been an advocate for restoring the HUD budget for workforce housing all of these years. And instead, the choice has been made in Washington to have the for-profit real estate industry actually be trying to provide all of our housing, which hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. We have homeless veterans dying on our streets every single day. This is immoral. Our politicians, every single one says we support the troops. But I say they do not. If we have someone who has given their service, their lives, and they come back to this country and they are treated like dirt. 
That's that to me is is just the ultimate ultimate in hypocrisy. Thank you, Barry. And again, I just want to remind folks, you are listening to the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm in the Mission District of San Francisco. And I'm Global Val here with Diamond Dave, and we're interviewing three of the candidates who are running for the House of Representatives seat going up against incumbent Nancy Pelosi for District 12 here in California. And um, it's, I like how we're having this discussion here today, Dave. Uh, really, what I'm thinking now is that uh, next Tuesday, next Friday, that's a week from today, people. The election will be behind us. I want to invite all three of you, in fact, each and every person in this room, to come on back, invite some folks, and let's take a look at the results. Take a look and see how it looks till next, uh, till November, how it looks for the next, uh, next election. Well, we can take a look and uh, read, read some election returns and scratch our mutual heads together and see how that movement, we've, all of you have talked about in one way or another, how that movement can emerge and how we can bring that, come together right now and love one another. I mean, that's the song. And we do it, learning to love and loving to learn. So let's do that, Val. Next week, you guys. We'll have a little decompression. Decompression and take a look at the result. It's called Where We Go From Here. A where we go from here. Not just where we go from here, but a more aware do we go from here. Are you guys down for that? Yeah, we'll see. Presentation. Um, there's a next the next weekend uh, after the, the election uh, the California Green Party is having a state meeting in Stockton uh, and I am going to go uh, to that and I'm probably it's Saturday and Sunday and I'm planning on uh, trying to get out of town early on, on Friday and maybe going to see the Stockton Ports play baseball on Friday evening. So I don't think I'm going to be here, Dave. I'm, I'm very sorry. Yeah, I'm kind of in the I'm, same I'm boat. I'm to come back the, the following yeah. week. I, th no. I think we're all in the same boat. We'd love to join you. It might be hard to schedule on the air, but you know, my, my decompression no looks like DJing a music festival, so I, I, I won't be in the city that Friday, but I look forward to the discussion. Right on, Shahid. Yes, the multi-talented Shahid Buttar. He's a poet too, by the way, and a DJ. Um, but I, I want to open this up because uh, we've got a little more time, but I know some, some folks have a little bit of a time constraint um, to questions from our audience. And I, I saw that, uh, is it David Grace over there? Uh, if you want to ask a question and, and see if our candidates here want to address that, um, go ahead. Thanks, Val. Hey, I, uh, regarding Hunter's point, uh, it's been raised uh, earlier in the discussion for 25 years, the Navy has been responsible for cleaning it up. They've been going out of their way to not clean it up, and they've been lying about their activities. So I'm wondering how uh, each of the candidates are uh, facing that off. Uh, property is being sold. Uh, I think Willie Brown tried to put the ballet school on top of that hazardous waste dump. They clearly don't have any respect for uh, for anybody uh, in the sale of that property or the cleanup, and that actually includes Treasure Island. Uh, 
You got do, do you have to be yeah. I do have to go, but I'll just quickly say that I think it's disgusting and it shows a lack of regard for the sanctity of human life. And I think that we definitely need to be prioritizing that. I believe Supervisor Cohen recently championed an initiative that would have them retest the soil. I think that that needs to uh, be a priority for our city and also for the residents. And I do hope that if it is shown that it uh, is unsafe and it's inhospitable, that we immediately find a place for the residents to go. And I think that um, it's just disgusting. There's no other way to, to, to frame it. And I guess the question would be, well, you know, I'm, no pressure here. Go ahead, Barry. It's more than disgusting. Um, I, I believe there's some corruption here. Um, Dr. Ahimsa Samchai has been writing about this issue and uh, the toxic soils, and not only just the Bayview, but uh, out on Treasure Island as well, uh, for a long time, many years. There have been calls for hearings, which have been ignored by members of our Board of Supervisors, by our state representatives, by our federal representatives. The fact that finally this year, there was proof that 90 to 97% of the soils tested were false. And there was still silence coming from Nancy Pelosi's office is absolutely inexcusable. Here is a federal Superfund site in San Francisco, in her district, a contractor being paid tens of millions of dollars to do the work who is clearly falsifying, and there is silence from Pelosi's office. And finally, finally, Malia Cohen, Supervisor Cohen, steps forward to call for a hearing. It's embarrassing. I'm glad she did, finally. But why didn't Sophie Maxwell before that? What? what? The health and welfare of people in this district are not worth asking questions about while other people are making money? This, this is inexcusable. Yeah. I certainly agree with, with Barry and Ryan. This is inexcusable, it's disgusting, and it's shameful. And I think it represents an all-too-consistent pattern of our major parties putting profit before people and corporations before communities. And you can see that revealed in such uh, glaring and, and unapologetic terms in the Hunter's Point fraud. The corporate fraud to remedy military toxic waste. I mean, in some respects, it, and, and we're talking about a toxic waste dump under the site that's supposed to be the location for the next wave of housing here in the community. And you know, if you, if you think about the intersections among those issues, the, the Hunter's Point scandal almost neatly encapsulates all the different things we're talking about, right? It's housing. It's the military uh, industrial complex co-opting our communities. It's the commitment to, in this case, corporate fraud. And I'll note a couple points here. One, there is an absent congressional oversight role that Congress is charged with playing, not just specific to Hunter's Point, but across the country. There are any number of Superfund sites that reflect environmental racism on the part of the military when dumping, for in this case, radioactive waste for a generation and a half. And now we're supposed to build housing on this? 
right? I, I think there's another piece here that relates to constituent services. One of the very uh, basic things that members of Congress do, aside from guarding the Constitution against foreign and domestic enemies, is represent the rights of their constituents. When constituents have gone to Representative Pelosi's office, they've gotten a deaf ear and a stiff arm. And that, I think, is an abdication of the role. I dare say it's disqualifying. I think it's as disqualifying as expanding the surveillance powers of the Trump administration or allowing a criminal president to have a budget without any fixes for immigrant students or voting to keep the troops deployed instead of letting them come home finally after the longest conflicts in American history. I think it's as disqualifying as presiding over the evisceration of the federal budget for affordable housing, landing the city in a housing crisis. If accountability means anything, it is the need for us to shrug off a stale generation of leadership and usher in some new voices because, quite frankly, San Francisco has not been represented in entirely too long. And, and few examples uh, reflect that as deeply and as intersectionally as the scandal at Hunter's Point. Thank you, and thank you for the question. Um, yes, we, I, I, I agree with um, what was what's been said here. You know, it was the 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 Navy who then um, contracted out to the private company, and then uh, the Navy itself turning its back on the uh, the. Um, you know, gross negligence of the contractor that they hired. Um, that is not an American. That's very un-American. If if you're going to, um, you know, say that you're gonna, here to protect and defend uh, the United States of America and its citizens, uh, that is a huge failure. Um, and you know what? I mean, just to jump into this conversation because I can't really help myself. Um, it's it, it just seems like a a legacy uh, that has been growing of. Um, irresponsibility uh, on the part of government um, or inability or the fear of representatives um, to actually raise these issues and to stand up for them in Washington, D.C. Um, now, I know, Shahid, you, you've done a lot of some work in Washington, D.C. Barry, have you been um, done any policy work in in Washington, D.C. before? Not in Washington, but I've, I've worked on legislation uh, here in San Francisco and have uh, successfully passed legislation that has affected uh, tens of thousands of people here, in, uh, you know, mostly in the area of raising uh, a minimum wage uh, in the area of, of a living wage campaign. So. So my question, I guess, to both of you, because um, Ryan had to go. Thank you, Ryan Kojaste, for being part of this panel discussion, this forum, um, is how do you think, I mean, if you're elected as the District 12 representative for San Francisco, um, what do you, how do you how do you see that that environment of Washington D.C. Like, what are your kind of expectations of that, and uh, how do you think you'd kind of try to um, work within that environment that seems to put a lot of pressure on people to um, make you know corrupt compromises? You know, I, I'm, I've been in D.C. before. It is a cesspool, uh, and the description of 
uh, Washington compelling compromises, it really only works that way if you're advancing your career first. If you're willing to put principles or the rights and interests of your constituents or the Constitution before your career, I don't actually think serving in Washington is that, I mean, it's complicated, obviously. There's any number of things to track and stay familiar with, but it, it's not nearly as um, uh, uh, complicated as it might sound. It's basically a knife fight. And one of the things that makes it somewhat complicated, do you mind if I close the door? No, yeah, sorry. Thank you. Um, one of the things that makes it particularly complicated is the challenge for... Uh, um, Maybe we'll, we'll get somebody to, to close the door. Yeah, behind. thank you. Can you close the door behind you? Thank one you. One of the things that make uh, DC complicated is the um, diversion of interest. You know, that we're told in the partisan arena that there is a tension between conservative Republicans and liberal Democrats, and there's a fight in the middle, and it's that simple. And it's not, because the complicity of corporate Democrats in advancing conservative principles, in undermining progressive reforms, that's, that's really the only thing that makes it complicated, but therein lies a great deal of opportunity. So there are two particular opportunities that I would explain uh, that are available to, uh, to me if I'm able to represent um, the 12th Congressional District of, of California. In the U.S. House of Representatives, the first is oversight. So I've written a lot about the erosion of federal oversight, particularly of national security agencies. My work at the Electronic Frontier Foundation when I was running the Bill of Rights Defense Committee, my work before that at Muslim Advocates. You know, I've basically played a citizen oversight role of the FBI and the NSA and the DEA for the better part of a decade. I've organized coalitions of dozens of civil rights groups that have posed questions for senators who they've then posed at Senate Judiciary Committee hearings. Uh, I've been arrested in the Senate Armed Services Committee for asking a question that no one in Congress has the cojones to raise. Uh, and this, this opportunity to ask questions of officials under oath and get answers instead of getting locked up for it uh, would be particularly compelling. Some of the questions that I would particularly force answers to, how many Americans have been subjected to so-called incidental collection by the National Security Agency? Uh, you know, how many uh, Americans have, uh, uh, you know, continue to bear penalties as a result of convictions for nonviolent drug offenses that have no constitutional basis for being criminalized in the first place, right? How many veterans could be served if we allowed uh, non-pharmaceutical treatments for depression and PTSD or anxiety, right? These are crucial questions that no one is asking that in an oversight role, uh, you could really get to the bottom of it. Another one that is particularly sharp for me in the wake of the last few weeks, we now have an international war criminal leading the CIA. And you know, this, this, the CIA torture scandal and the drone strikes uh, escalation of the agency's long-established and continuing enduring human rights abuses is an, a perfect example of the bipartisan co-optation of our Constitution because Democrats have had their hands all over it. And this is an arena where, as a member of Congress, not only would I be uh, actively investigating government agencies through the oversight role, shaking facts loose to inform the news cycle, being an ally to whistleblowers instead of the kinds of members of Congress who throw them under the bus consistently. Um, in addition to that, there is a profound opportunity to work across the wings of the political system to outflank a bipartisan, a bipartisan establishment uh, that has its head in the sand. We've already established any number of places, healthcare, housing, drug policy, uh, foreign policy, where uh, corporate Democrats are basically promoting conservative principles. The way around that, there are on each of these issues, not each of them, but on many of them, certainly drug policy, parts of the foreign policy equation, civil liberties, and political process reform, 
there is a consensus across the political spectrum and available alliances with libertarian members of Congress who have before with, joined with progressive Democrats already overcome the institutional inertia of the bipartisan center. Uh, I'll just move one last thing. There was a recent study uh, done, I believe it was with uh, professors from Columbia University who uh, documented empirically and with some de degree of statistical rigor that the most uh, uh, prone to authoritarianism uh, perspective in the United States are centrists, which is to say it is the bipartisan establishment that by appeasing a criminal president is in danger of ducking us all into the punch of emerging authoritarianism. And, and that is the train that I hope to, to stop from reaching the next station. And that requires members of Congress who are willing to throw themselves on the tracks. And that's exactly what I'm going to Congress to do. Hey, John, I have one question. I mean, Saeed, I have one question. Do you, do you take time at all just to be an ordinary human being? Or is your mind going at all times and all times with all this stuff? It's kind of mind-blowing to hear you. And I just want to say I love you, brother. I Take you some too, time to be an ordinary human being like the rest of us. How's that? You know, I love you too, Dave. You've been an inspiration to me for, for 15 years. Folks, some folks, some of your listeners might not know that when we launched the 16th Admission Outdoor Art Convergence, uh, which has had an outdoor open mic every week for the last 15 years, one of our original inspirations was our host, Diamond Dave Whitaker. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a normal person to the extent that I have passions outside politics. In fact, I was just out at 16th Admission last night. Uh, uh, at 11.30, singing the blues. Okay, uh, well, that's all that. And he's going to DJ a festival next weekend, I, I, from what I hear. We're doing all this stuff, but it's up to you to talk to yourself a bit. You're talking to me, you're talking to everybody here, you're talking to your best listener, but talk to yourself a, bit, a little bit sometime and say, how I can, can I take some time after Tuesday to take some time and you, you, you don't want to give yourself a brain explosion too much because I'm like, what, my God, what's going to happen to this dude's brain? And just take a little quiet, a little rest, and we'll see what happens. You're one of you, brother. maybe you, will be the number two with the Nancy Pelosi and one of the two of you. But the rest will come, and then then will be the, the first day of the rest of our lives. And let's figure out what to do and how to do it, and come together as equals, as brothers and sisters, sisters and brothers, human beings here at the planet, in the greenest of the green state, city, neighborhood, the mission, green. And thank you. In fact, I just. Uh, I, I think Jasmine I think I think what we're getting down to here is that Diamond Dave cares about everybody's well-being, as we do here on the Common Thread Collective. Um, but uh, being here today has been a really enlightening conversation. I'm glad that we got to have three of the candidates to come into the same room. We can kind of see where some of these issues, um, you know definitely cross over between and amongst the candidates, but also just within this kind of voting block that we really um, can have here, especially in San Francisco, a movement of people um, who are seen and are no longer have the blinders on about the two-party system that has really failed us in many respects. Um, you know, I, I also would, you know, give credit to all of our public servants, but um, certainly um, not to the uh you know the, the the corruption of of those values that may have put them in there in the first place but i think that the values in this room um really represent a new era of ethical uh, representation um and certainly passion that can take us forward and out of some of this mess so what do you say housing health care and cannabis let's figure it out dave just keep it organic brother
That's right. Don't pan it. Keep it organic. That's Shahid Buttar, um, your your uh, website is shahidforchange.us. That's right. And Barry Hermanson, your website is barryforcongress.org. And Bar it's a number four. Barry for Congress. B-A-R-R-Y. Yes. And Sorry. Yeah, BarryForCongress.org. Oh, thank you. Oh, we're getting we're getting taken care of here because this is community. Thank you. Um, thank you all for being here. Um, if you have any other final comments you want to make, and then we'll kind of wrap it up and and uh, go back go into the rest of our programming here this afternoon. But we're certainly happy that you're here and uh, flexible. Go ahead, Barry. Well, I just I just want to say to all the other candidates. Um, during this last few days uh, before the election, it's uh, traditionally it's a time of just incredible stress. You wake up in the morning and you say, what is it that I haven't done? Uh, I, what can I do extra in order to get up over the top? Um, I've done this before. And, and uh, you know, I finally I finally decided it's I've done the work. I know you've done the work, Shahid, uh, that it, it's time just to have some fun yes do some work do some work but enjoy the last few days of the campaign yeah and thanks val for bringing us together it's always fun to share a forum Thanks, you guys. All right. Well, folks, you have been listening to the Candidates Forum for District 12 of California, re representing San Francisco in the House of Representatives. Shahid Buttar, Barry Hermanson, and Ryan Kajaste joined us here today. They're all challenging Nancy Pelosi, and I wish all of you great um, luck, and I think... Um, it's beyond luck right now. We're just, uh, I think I think we're seeing a real change in this country, and I think that a lot of change is possible. And we're, we're talking about it, and we're seeing it happen right here, right now, at Mutiny Radio, here in the Mission District of San Francisco, uh, where we like to pr uh, support and promote and practice free speech um, because it, it's, a, it's kind of a solemn reminder that um, there are many people in this world, and not just uh, far and away, but in this community um, who don't have the right to exercise their right to vote um, or fear exercising their right of free speech. And, um, you know, we're here to send uh, love and positivity uh, and a hope for peace and that we can have all this, uh, these wonderful new leaders who are emerging to come out and, and move us in that direction in a, in a grander systemic sense uh, while the rest of us here hanging out in the Mission District uh, can, you know, warm your hearts. Uh, lead with a guitar in our hand and our brother John is coming back with a song and then we have these two sisters these two sisters just come in hey Val then we have these two sisters who are going to be playing some guitar too oh wonderful so leaders can exist but by the way I, I say goddesses glory sisters glory this women stepping up hey Michelle okay. and one of the ways to step might step up is with a guitar in your hand right on so, now, so John get up there and then these two women are, are, are getting together and they're going to come up and uh, take us to our next uh, whatever alright well while John gets set up I'll play a little music while he gets his microphones adjusted you're listening to the Common Thread Collective and remember we love you Single woman 
music from Rastaria, uh, that song. I love to play that song. It's called Illegal. Um, illegal immigration is just an illusion. And as Diamond Dave would say, borders are just a line on their map. And so here at the Common Threat Collective, uh, we, we, we believe in coming together because we all share this one planet. And uh, why would we want to hurt each other to share it? So... We've got John Rodanio back up on the stage. He opened the show for us today, and he's back with his guitar. And take it away, John. Welcome back. Thank you. 
song, uh, although I just did a song by, uh, open with a song by my wife, Vicki Leidner, I'm going to do another Vicki Leidner song because I think some of our candidates need to hear it. So this one's called Peanuts. But they have a salt peanuts. Peanuts. They give us peanuts. The Democrats give us peanuts. Republicans, they take our peanuts. They take our poor peanuts away. Dems and Republicans, really the same. Their only difference, just in name. Dems give you peanuts, repubs take them away. Bury the boat deep as shit and pay for play. This land is your land, it ain't no more. Rule by big business and that's the score. Peanuts. They give us peanuts. Democrats. Give us peanuts. Republicans, they take our peanuts. They take our peanuts away. Shrinking middle class, they ought to make a fuss. Sadly, if you're poor, tossed under the bus. No aristocracy, ha, that's a joke. Workers are just slaves renamed held by yoke. People come together, we can't just shout and scream. Stand up and join in a global dream. Peanuts. They give us peanuts. Democrats. Give us peanuts. Republicans. They take our peanuts. They take our peanuts away. land is your land, this earth is one. Can live on 20 bucks, we're not scum. Can let them rape the earth, treat us like their minions. People clean up, we've done this before. Yes, we can say that it is glass war. Peanuts. They give us peanuts. Democrats. Give us peanuts. Republicans, they take our peanuts, they take our poor peanuts away. Speak truth to power, don't sit on your ass. Shout, scream, don't buy from the ruling class. Raping the earth, causing mass slaughter. Poisoning the air and land, killing sons and daughters. People come together, it's their finest hour. We got the numbers to take the power. Peanuts. They're giving us peanuts. The Democrats. Give us peanuts. Republicans, they take our peanuts. They take our peanuts away. <laughs> oh, shit. Right on, John Rodano. <laughs>
uh, and Vicky for her for her her lyrics to that song. You have any uh, shows coming up, John? Uh, I not till September. Not till September. September. So I'll come back in if I talk about it now. Nobody will remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's possible. That's probably true. September so, uh, seems right around the corner. Would you like to sing another song? Yeah. So I'm gonna do another song uh, called Mr. San Francisco, and this pretty much covers everything that a uh, a uh, candidate might want to know about San Francisco. So. Well, I'm packing up my bags, get set for moving day. Gotta go and find me a cheaper place to stay. You know the rents, they keep on rising. It's getting to be more than I could pay. Well, I might be better off if I just move across the bay. So I'm checking out the Craigslist, nothing coming up. Go to get some coffee, it's four bucks a cup. And the deli on the corner is now a salam on there. For a buck I get a pickle and a really cold-hearted stare. San Francisco's moving out, Manhattan's moving in. You could hardly tell the difference when you're looking from Marin. If you want to understand it, you gotta read some Howard Sin. Cause the working poor are moving out and big money's moving in. And now the artists and musicians getting scattered all around. The teachers get the message, there's no place for them in town. And the tourists wanna see the painted ladies, not just houses in the old field floor. But the color in the city just ain't gonna be here no more. Well, I'm Mr. San Francisco, I don't wanna leave. I can't beat the magic of Mayor Lee Sleeve. So much money in the city, I'll never believe. So they're building all these condos, they're blotting out the sky. But none of them are built for me, there's nothing I can buy. Just a bunch of stacked up boxes, ticky tacky, and they all look the same. Move over Nostradamus. Melvina has much better aim. That's Melvina Rice. Well, whatever happened to the power of the vote? All these changes being made by the biggest bank note. So I went to City Hall to see if I can get me some kind of break. But they're having a big old party. And they gave me a piece of cake. Well, there's so much construction, they're building dead and night. And all the backroom deals will never see the light. And they say if they keep building, they'll be housing for one and all. It's about the biggest scam that they ever kicked up in City Hall. San Francisco, I'm just hanging on. I try to tell my story to the gate and the cron. They act like I'm just talking about some dirty strap on. Well, you never know what it really means until you finally go to miss the festival things you left back in San Francisco. Just another little piece of my heart. And it really ain't so well hid. I'm gonna come back to visit. Just like Mr. Tony Bennett did. 
Now we used to be a city of love with flowers in our hair. But now, but now the blue recycle bins are the only way we share. Will it take another earthquake to get us all back together? With Joe DiMaggio in that soup line, it made us feel a whole lot better. Got through the darkest days of murder, buried milk, and the mayor couldn't stop the Kool-Aid killer, 900 lost in prayer. And if you eat a Twinkie, you know the craziness just won't stop. And my wife's on the corner, and she's giving some flowers to a cop. Well, I'm Mr. San Francisco, I don't want to leave. I can't beat the magic of Mayor Lee Sleeve. So much money in the city, you never believe. Well, from Chinatown to the mission, Richmond to Hunter's Point, everybody sits together when they go to Tommy's Joint. But there's a dark side to the city as her classes split into two. Need a bigger room in the North Beach Saloon. Then drink away your troubles with the blues. Here's some blues. Uh, we got this rainbow of love. From Castro to the Ferries, we won the Super Bowl, we won the World Series, and we partied all night in the street with our glory for happy and our glory and our fame. But too many had no home to go to, and that's our biggest shame. Right on, hey, John. Uh, you always, you always nail it. It's so good to have you here. And hey, outside the door, Val, is two of Trio Cambio. I was calling it a Trio Cambio duet. So let's put some music on. And they're out there practicing. I know they'll have something which will fit right in. I'm doing the sisters standing up. Trio Cambio duet coming up. So put some music on if you will. I will. And I'm sure you have some things to say. I'm going to go get them. I do. Well, also, I'll let you guys know that MAP is happening tomorrow. That's the Mission Arts and Performance Project. Um, I'm sure that the duo of Trio Cambio will be mentioning that. They're going to be performing in MAP, I think, in the Secret Garden tomorrow evening. MAP um, is a free event where you can go to various spots around the Mission District that have opened up their doors um, to become art and performance venues. So check out the schedule for tomorrow, June 2nd, MAP, that's M-A-P-P-S-F.com, or on Facebook, Mission Arts and Performance Project. I'm going to play a song from a band that a one of the founding members and elders of MAP uh, is part of, I'm talking about Jorge Molina, and who knows, we might see him a little bit later today. He sometimes comes in right before MAP um, to give a blessing, but um, uh, Jorge Molina is part of a really cool band called the Troublemakers Union, and he gave us their CD called Fight Back, and the song that we love to play the most off of this, um, even though they're all very good, is the anti-fascist funk. Thank you. 
is a constant struggle if you want some you got to make trouble freedom is a constant struggle if you want some you got to make trouble we're the troublemakers help us save the world 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 The Troublemakers Union. Jorge Molina is in that band. We're the Troublemakers. Help us save the world. That's very appropriate for the Common Thread Collective. Wouldn't you say, Diamond Dave? I would. Speaking of Jorge Molina, map, a, a, a day that went inexplicably intertwined with us, I'll put it that way. Map is the map, the mission, arts and performance project, it's going to be coming up Saturday, that's tomorrow. And so it's coming fast, faster and faster, it seems. So with Allison, the library lady. Allison, what is going to be the theme and what are the high points of this week's map? Oh, well, um, this week's map is tomorrow, um, not far from here, 24th Street. That's it. Um, 16th Street, 18th Street, there are a lot of new venues, and I myself am trying to find out if, um, if the website is functional. We'll find that out momentarily, but the main thing is that the theme of MAP is unity in resistance, and that's where I feel like we started the year, or we ended in December 2017 with something similar, and now here we are, halfway through 2018, oh my and resisting every which way, and some unity is what we like to see. Time to consensus to at our meetings. Unity is what we need when resisting. So, so map is Saturday. Mathis. Any high points? You didn't mention the uh, well, up and down the street there'll be stuff. That's right, uh, and the, um, and right around the corner at yeah, Secret Garden. Secret Gardens, for which, sure. Which um, is one of my favorite spots. Rain or shine, because of all those wonderful trees, the outdoor benches, um, holiday lights all year round, <laughs> and often candles and um, wonderful incense. performers and incense too. So um, I guess that would lead in to our musicians, and then I can talk a little more later. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's a good, Thanks, a good point. Now, Val, yeah, you're right, uh, Allison. We have two members of uh, Secret Gardens. They've been the hosts uh, month after month. I'm talking about Trio Cambio. 
But here are two of them, I guess you could, we could call it this duet combio. And we're so glad to see them come through the door, rolling in. So glad to see you. Uh, we see you here that somewhere you said, let's go down to the Common Thread Collective and play a couple songs. And you did it. Welcome. Let us, let us know, let us hear what it is you're going to be about at the piano and at the guitar. Thanks so much, um, Allison and Diamond Dave and Global Val. Yes, we will be holding down the secret garden. We're actually going to be opening it up with a ceremony um, honoring the four directions. There'll be conch shells and incense to honor the ancestors. And then also we will have a um, cosmic sound journey called No Man's Jam, a women-led open jam that um, we will be looking forward to. And so we're here to promote that. And first, I will be playing a short Chopin etude in F minor. What a what a classical treat that was! And what a joy! And I see that your third member, Cambia, has just come to the door. Hey, one song. So glad you're here. <laughs> you guys feel free. The stage is yours. This is a special. And the world is ours. Um, Trio Cambio has grown a fourth member, which we now have Eric Costello Lee on the guitar. And we actually never play um, covers, so you just heard me play a uh, classical Chopin cover, 200 years old. And now we're going to do another cover called yeah. 
the rivers of Babylon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. <coughs> oh, you're going to take me to the river, reggae on the river. There's, yeah, if you want to use them. Other guy. Maybe, yeah, Windsong, if you want to use the uh, microphone that Kay had over by the um, piano. Oh, are you oh, playing okay. the piano? Are you not going to shake and sing? Hi, everybody. How are y'all doing? Good, Winsong. So it's kind of an interesting series of events that got me here at the same time as these wonderful people, but I'm delighted to be here. It's always good to play. Are we in tune? Um, Let's all take a deep breath together. <sighs> One more, more, just to feel it out. Imagine us being by a river. Yeah, and carrying carrying the history of our beloved world and of all the struggles. Um, of our past and of the different strains of humanity coming together as one um, and transforming, transforming through history to a time of acceptance and a time of deeper understanding and a time of, of, of love. So, two, three. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. us and see us at MAP. We're going to be at the Secret Garden, which is on 
Harrison between 23rd and 24th will be doing the it's no got a man's yellow jam. gate and the gate will be open we'll have a chalkboard outside announcing map mission arts and performance project uh, tomorrow at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. in the 7 secret garden. 7 p.m. in the secret garden. Oh, oh how special. That. Yeah. It goes until 9. 9. Yeah, oh. we have a great program lined up, too. How beautiful. Thank you so much. Com- Combia. Yeah, so, so g- to get, uh, oh, D- Dave wants to know if you, if you want to do yeah. one, one more. more, if you will. Yeah. You want to do this guitar? Yeah, you want to sit? You get the yeah. You get into, and, and Erica's new to, to Cambia. Erica is, well, so yes, so we were Trio Cambio with Sofia. She's at, she's at work, and so now Erica's on drums mostly. How and cool. So now we are four. Cambia meaning change and changing and ever changing, and we are now changing. And now is the change. Yeah. Evolution. <laughs> Evolution, that's right. And room for, you know, room for growth. And we always, mm-hmm. like, have a place for expansion in our lives and, like, just being aware of that and when it should happen and mm-hmm. what way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hate. <laughs> okay, so this song may be familiar to some of you here. I'd like to dedicate this action, this action, <laughs> this yes. song, which is an action, yes, um, to those of us who came out yesterday morning to call attention to the problem that we have in San Francisco of ignoring things that are very important, such as, such as housing, and housing is a human right, we will not give up the fight. And we were part of this action yesterday called Stop Texploitation. We called the Google buses to a halt. We piled all the electric scooters <laughs> in front of them. And we said, no electronic device should have more rights than a human being. This song goes out to those who aren't maybe are unaware of the senses that they have and they're just walking around like to the world around you. When you're when you're when you're gonna realize We are the movers and the makers and the shakers. We are the movers and the makers and the earthquakers. We are the movers and the makers and the shakers. We are the movers and the makers and the shakers. We are the movers and the makers and the shakers. We are the movers and the makers and the shakers. 
just to call attention to our abilities as human beings who look around us. Also known as neighbors. Neighbors, absolutely. It's not such a crazy concept, you know, San Francisco. We have something we like to say here. There is nothing you can do or say that'll make us turn away. We will keep on loving you. Each and every single day, we will stop and we will pray. And we will sing this song for you, even if you're walking around. and the shakers we are the movers and the makers and the earthquakers we are the movers and the makers and the shakers we are the movers and the makers and the shakers we are the movers and the makers and the earthquakers we are the movers and the makers and the shakers join us we are the movers and the makers and the shakers we are the movers and the makers and the earthquakers we are the movers and the Change it up. Power to the people. Change it up. Power to the people. Shake it up. Power to the people. Change it up. Shout out to Diamond
We are the movers. That's why we're here. So move it. Yeah. Cast a wide net. Cast a wide net. Don't panic. Keep it organic. Yeah. Cambia. Cambia. Today. Wow. Oh, that was so sweet. I can only say today is the first day of the rest of our life. Let's keep it moving, keep it rolling, because that's what we're we about to do. Summer is ahead, and then election day is next Tuesday, and beyond that, there's going to be a lot of interesting things happening. And so come on down to the Secret Garden tomorrow at 7 o'clock. It's going to be a beautiful evening, and it'll be a special event ceremony, I believe. Do I have that right, Val? That's what the word is. So let's do it. Thank you, Kambia, uh, yeah. for gracing us with your presence and your energy and making sure that we're all present. Um, that's so important, and uh, it really helps to uh, boost what, what we're all about here on the Common Thread Collective. And, yeah, go on out to the Secret Garden for MAP. Check out Mission Arts and Performance Project. It's going to be going on throughout the evening free events in various spaces and places uh library lady has the schedule right in front of her oh yeah there's actually some newer spots um well yeah secret garden 23rd on harrison near 23rd 2775 harrison pathos on harrison is often ground zero after party Starts at nine o'clock with David Kubrin and Jorge Molina. Um, I heard he might be here today. Well, it's just a guess. Uh, sometimes he comes by uh, the day before map to oh, do a little blessing, right. but we'll see. It's he's a, welcome. Oh, you know, he's welcome. Yeah. yeah, it's five twenty right now, so we'll, we're going to be wrapping up here in the next fifteen twenty minutes. Or Super. So. Okay. Well, Community Music Center will be performing again, and the reason I want to mention them is that they've been around a long time. They don't have the opportunity to do map every session. But I ran into one of the singers from their um, Cuban salsa ensemble. I ran into her on BART the other day going downtown. And she said, yes, they are 544 Cap Street between 20th and 21st Community Music Center starting at 630 and going till 9.30, but you know how that salsa dancing is. Who knows? Right. I, I stumbled into that one last map and uh, it was a whole it was a whole room full of salsa salsa-ine. Oh, um, yeah. People it, were having a good time. 
Yeah. And that's it, a really cool space, the, the, the Mission Community Music Center. I, I had never been inside before, but it's a really beautiful little kind of auditorium. And they have summer school classes there, too, um, yeah. if for, for kids if um, or young people who um, either have uh, zero to some um, pre, uh, some in- instrument training. So check out their summer camps, too. Oh yeah, that's um, that's wonderful that you remember that because um, it we get the little postcards sometimes mm-hmm. at the library, and sometimes all we get is one poster. But um, so we love to just remind p- people and parents if you're looking for something fun and educational together. Right, and yeah. um, there there are some I believe there are some scholarships available as well. Oh, super! Yeah. Okay, well, um, some other venues, just real quick. Red Poppy Art House, which actually is, um, you know, I think that's where it all began. Yes. With MAP. And yes, they will be part of the whole thing. And someone from Mission Cultural Center was reminding us at one of the meetings that this is the 15th year of MAP or coming into the 15th year. So they're planning a celebration at one of the maps later this year. Wow. So keep your eyes on the MAPP Facebook page, Mission Arts and Performance Project, and um, often the website is available as well. Or just talk to one of the artists if you run into somebody on BART or in the neighborhood or downtown or wherever they might be here at Mutiny Radio. Just check in um, face-to-face, as David Kubrin would say, because he's not on Facebook, but Good for he's David available. Kubrin. Yes, and as Cambia just reminded us, a place where you can look people in the eye and become aware, and even if you're blind, we're, we're going to be there for you. So, um, That's right. MAP is a great experience, um, whether you're from here and you've never been, or if you're in the neighborhood and you go sometimes, or if you're visiting from out of town what a great opportunity to really get immersed in the local uh, arts and music culture of san francisco because there's poetry there's dance there's music there's sometimes there's the mime troupe is the, is the mime troupe on there this time because um, they have a little place on treat now that's right they, i didn't see them this time oh, i those. did hear that they have a lot of youth performance sessions coming up this summer maybe we'll get to see one of those around um, the city or around the Bay Area, hopefully. Um, But some of the, oh, now this is interesting. I'm gonna go to the very end of the list and that is because Radio Havana Social Club is um, joining in. I don't know if they've been at MAP in a while. I'm not sure, but um, here they are. They um, got a variety of music and spoken word and a session called map storytelling by you okay sounds like an open mic for storytelling at the radio habana and that's on valencia right it's like between 21st and 22nd maybe yeah it's near the corner of corner of 22nd right near where city college opens onto valencia the mission Mission campus so 1109 valencia near 22nd that's starting at eight and um okay then going backwards another newer space noise bridge which is right a combination of 
actors and artists and hackers and musicians and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. I went there a couple weeks ago and um, they've got lightning talks, Noisebridge Social, and StoryCorps. This is kind of special because it'll be during the day. It starts at 1 o'clock tomorrow, Noisebridge Hackerspace, 2169 Mission, third floor, between 18th and 17th. And um, it'll be 1 to 6. It sounds like something new and inventive and lots of spoken word, but I know some of them are professional actors. I think there's going to be some theater. And I've got... um, just a couple more venues to mention. Artillery Art Gallery at Mission near 24th. Alley Cat Books, Mission Cultural Center. And don't forget, Adobe Books is often part of the scene. Check it out. They're right down the street from Alley Cat, so it doesn't hurt to just wander by and see what's up at Adobe Books. And um, that's it, but it'll be all day and into the night, starting at Noisebridge and panning out around the Mission, up and down Mission Street, up and down 24th, and in the neighborhood. Anyway, thank you, Val. um, MAP is um, a welcoming place for artists, musicians, storytellers. Um, We've had all of the above at the library, and I'm really always glad just to come and help out. So that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Thank you, Allison, our library lady, as Dave <laughs> likes to call you, which is really a great, I, I think it's a fun name, to, radio it name, is. and now the it library is. lady. Um, we're happy that you're part of the Common Thread Collective um, to bring us these good news and good words and sometimes a good poem and a, or a good book um, and just lots of great community information. So thanks for helping out with MAP. Um, and yeah, Artillery Gallery, which you mentioned, that's going to be a spot where people can actually go and pick up the physical paper map um but you can check out the facebook page or if you're like david kubrin who actually run you know is a founding member of map doesn't have facebook go to artillery galley pick up the (laughs) paper map and you can follow it all around the neighborhood or if uh, we think the website's probably going to be updated if it's not already updated map that's m-a-p-p that's for Mission Arts and Performance Project. M-A-P-P-S-F.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll find it all there, there. And it looks like you do have something. The library lady has a book in her hand. Not surprised. What's up, Allison? Okay. Well, just really quick. Um, speaking of the library, um, Mission Branch Book Club in English... Our last meeting was um, earlier this year where we were reading an Italian author, um, Elena Ferrante. Well, now here in June with summer reading kickoff, we're going to kick off with um, a dystopian but somewhat timely older title, The Dispossessed by Ursula Le Guin. Um, we will be talking about it uh, Monday, June 25th, 5 o'clock at, um, well, call the library for more information, the um, location to be announced, but um, in April we were able to meet at Adobe Books. It is highly possible we will be there again um, 5 o'clock Monday, June 25th. 
The phone number to call the library, you can ask for the second floor information desk. It's 415-355-2800 or just stop by any day of the week, 24th and Bartlett, second floor. You can pick up a copy or reserve it. Um, a lot of you have heard of Ursula Le Guin, but um, for those of you who haven't, she did pass away recently. Um, she had been a Bay Area icon as well as um, known to be a sci-fi writer with universal themes. Um, very talented, very long-lived, born in 1929 and passed away January 2018. And um, yes, it, she was born here in Berkeley, passed away in Oregon. Her book, The Dispossessed, uh, just a little quick blurb, An Ambiguous Utopia. It came out in 1974. Um, it won the Nebula Award for Best Novel that year and received a nomination for the Don W. Campbell Memorial Award in 1975. According to Wikipedia, it achieved a degree of literary recognition unusual for sci-fi works due to its exploration of many themes, including anarchism, revolutionary societies, capitalism, individualism, and collectivism, all in one book. So, as I was saying, it she did touch on ideas, um, and the societal conditions that would appeal to almost any audience back then and today. So hope to see you there, and if not, just pick it up because, as I said, a very timely novel. Well, thank you for the excellent recommendation. So Monday, June 25th at 5 p.m. Did you say at the library or well, maybe possibly um, at Adobe the library, Books? Possibly at Adobe Books. Um, okay, that will well. be finalized within uh, the next two weeks. Call us for more information or check the library website. That's http colon slash slash <laughs> sfpl.org. We have a monthly calendar. And um, we have a whole variety of book clubs. If you don't like ours or you're not available, you can get links to other book clubs just by looking up our event or any book club event. And um, don't forget, we have many branches. They're open every day, including Sundays. Yes, to the library. A community resource that we should always cherish and protect and utilize. So if you're into the book club idea, check out this really interesting sounding novel, The Dispossessed. Ursula McGuin. Le Guin. <laughs> That's L-E-G-U-I-N. I was just putting a little French twist on it. Because um, it's a French name. Le Guin. Uh, or Absolutely. Le Guin, if you must pronounce the N. Thank you, Allison. So, folks, uh, you have been listening to the Common Thread Collective today. What a day here at Mutiny Radio. We had a candidates forum for the three three people who are running against Nancy Pelosi for the uh, House of Representatives seat to represent District 12 of California, which is San Francisco. Uh, the vast majority of San Francisco uh, is District 12. Uh, I, I highly recommend that um, you 
check out um, what these candidates are about. Um, Shahid Buttar, really an impressive individual, um, multi-talented. Shahid is S-H-A-H-I-D. You can check out shahidforchange.us. Barry Hermanson, who's running on the Green Party ticket. Barry, number four congress.com um, and also Ryan Kajaste uh, Kajaste for congress.com so um, some really inspiring um, leaders emerging leaders people who um, have thrown their hat in the ring because they're tired of the same old song and dance in our two party uh, system that so often fails us and so we're happy to be here at mutiny radio to be a a gathering place for independent voices free speech um, open conversation uh, to look at some of the important things that that we face this is as a society and of course as individuals um, in this society and also for our environment Um, i want to thank my guests for women's magazine today i had um, uh, deb callahan call in from the Bay Area. Oh, I always forget what 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 organization. Do. I'm sorry, Deb. I have I have an yes. The Bay Area Open Space. Yes. Um, Bay Area Open Space Council. Deb Callahan called in to talk about Proposition 68, which is on the uh, California ballot this coming Tuesday, um, to fund a huge projects to protect our water, um, to um, um, to help uh, California ready itself for um, climate change uh, with droughts and fires and such. Um, also for parks and uh, restoration projects, um, conservation projects, all throughout the state of California, um, not just uh, pet projects per se, but um, through different water districts and through different voting districts. and. Um, so a, a really big measure, uh, it's a bond measure, um, $4.1 billion, uh, the state of California bond measure. Um, but as Deb so aptly, um, you know, kind of laid out when I asked her, well, what do you say to people who's, who uh, don't want to put California into further debt? And she had a very pragmatic answer. It's kind of like, when do you take out a loan or a mortgage or use your credit card? It's only for things that are very big and very important. Otherwise, you're kind of abusing it. Um, so um, that's what a bond is in in, a, in social terms. It's it's a loan, and we repay it and with interest. But uh, it's an investment in something huge, which is our collective environment, and especially our, our waterways. So um, thank you, Deb Callahan. So anybody who wants to get, you know, tune into. All of these shows that we've had where candidates have come or we've spoken um, about the propositions and things like that, um, you, I, I posted all the links on my website, globalval.blogspot.com. It's the first one that'll come up and you can just click around and see who you want to listen to. Um, maybe you want to do a little bit of homework this weekend. Just uh, turn it on, make some breakfast, hang out, chat with your friends and your family, your housemates, uh, whoever it may be, and um, let the candidates kind of speak for themselves, which is what I've been trying to do, what we've been trying to do here, Dave. Hey, Dave. And we'll continue. Uh, we'll continue. Now, election day is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So this is our last uh, our last show until Tuesday. 
We want to invite people to come down. People to come down. We're going to have just this kind of discussions called Where We Go From Here. Next Friday. And I want to mention the fact that John played. He's got a couple of his songs. They were great. I've been doing election. Mm-hmm. And then it was so good, so good to have, to have us wind out. By, uh, wind out by the former, uh, the former, um, uh, the former trio combio. No. Now it's only trio. Now it's Cambia. 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 Just excuse me. I'm really tired. Cambia, also known as No Man's Jam. Yeah, Cambia, No Man's Jam. Here we are. Yeah, the No Man's Jam is a, a special cosmic sound journey that they that they and, and some other musicians, all women led, women. are, are going to be... Uh, opening up at the Secret Garden at 7 o'clock tomorrow night, Saturday, the June 2nd. Um, a couple other announcements before we go, because um, we're getting at, we're going to wrap up here pretty soon. Um, another, well, we talked about MAP being all day tomorrow. Um, I also want to announce there's an event over at Fort Mason, uh, which is, an, it's, it's an Italian food festival, wow. and it's free to attend. And at five, it's all day, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Fort Mason Building C. It's the Italo-Americano Muse- Museum. And um, our friend and the poetess Jennifer Barone uh-huh. is going to be um, reading from her book, Saporoso, which is Poems of Italian Food and Love. Take a poop. So she's going to be... Uh, <laughs> She's going to be reading at 5 o'clock, from 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock. So so I wanted to uh, maybe read a poem from Jennifer Barone, because I'm not sure where I'm going to go tomorrow, if I'm going to go out to see her, if I'm going to come out to MAP, if I'm going to be able to do both, or if I'm going to just take the day off and regenerate. Um, so... What's up, Dave? I'd like to read one, too. Go ahead. Well, I'll wait for you to read. Then no, I'll it's read. okay. i got to find oh, mine. You okay, go ahead. Really you go first. Okay. Interacting, intersecting, and relating with the people we meet. Entertaining and being, being entertained by the, by the folks along the way. This is what we do. That's what we encourage. That's what we do right here at Muni Radio. It's a common thread collective that has cast that wide net. Find that common thread. Let your life flourish and don't panic. As they sang, we're keeping it organic. And the doors will be open. The folks are invited in each and every Friday at 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock. A lot, plenty of room to help make it happen. I'll be your MC. Who's the MC? Well, I'll be doing that saying saying nobody goes away mad, nobody goes away sad, everybody goes away glad, able to do what they came to do. Support the people, they'll support you. Unite with the many to oppose the few. Feed the people, they'll feed you. Encourage one another, support one another, love one another, take down the walls, open the doors, get rid of the borders too. Families, bands, tribes, communities, collectives, collectivas, I believe in that, but borders just lying on their map. So it's about supporting one another. Tomorrow's Secret Garden, 7 o'clock, the, the, the ceremony, the ceremony, of, uh, the ceremony will be going on. I'm talking about, uh, I'm, I'm talking about the ceremony going on. I'm talking about uh, Cambio. Say it again, Cambio. Cambia. Cambia. This is Cambia. Permanent, yeah. Cambia. A woman because it's a no man's jam. 
All I right. can't wait. All right. Well, I hope everybody gets to go out and enjoy all of the beautiful offerings in San Francisco Bay Area. Also, um, one quick announcement. If you would like to um, continue to support the West Berkeley Shell Mound, there's supposed to be a decision regarding the proposed development at the site of 1900 4th Street in Berkeley, uh, expected this coming Tuesday, which is Election Day as well. Um, but if you'd like to call and support that site as not becoming a, you know, a, not being demolished and uh, uh, preserved as it is as a California historic site, a 4,700-year-old ceremonial site that is still used by the Ohlone people of, of uh, the Bay Area, um, you should contact the city manager or the planning department or the city attorney um, at cityofberkeley.info, manager at cityofberkeley.info, uh, T. Burroughs at cityofberkeley.info, or attorney at cityofberkeley.info. So I'm going to read you a poem from Jennifer Barone, and then I'm going to read you a poem of my own. So uh, Jennifer Barone's book, Saporoso, um, reissued by Feather Press, uh, which is a, um, a press that is dedicated to um, the poetry and prose of, of female writers. And her poem here is called, Even the Tomato is an, is an Immigrant. Sailing from Peru to the land on the moon-faced pizza, whose crust rode hot winds of Sirocco heading north from Persia. The fusion of origins made for new tastes, experimental combinations of voyage. Imported itself. Who knows how the tomato became a sauce? What confusion it faced? What persecution? Was it a revelation to Italian hands who marveled at its nightshade flesh? Did they bite its bulbous body, crying out in tart surprise? Or was it so foreign that they tossed it back into the sea, belonging nowhere? It's not easy to reinvent yourself. A refugee looking for a place to land, as my grandparents did, set adrift between, between worlds. Il pomodoro might as well have become blood, a golden apple from the garden before anyone knew of sin, poised with shining seeds to grow its vines in fresh soil, unaware it would one day become impossible to imagine a dish without it. So that is a poem from Jennifer Barone. Um, again, go out. You can go out to Fort Mason tomorrow, uh, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. for the um, in Building C for the Italian Gourmet Food Festival, which is free to attend. And then she'll be um, reading from her book Saporoso: Poems of Italian Food and Love at 5 p.m. So I'd like to read a poem too. I'm going to wrap it up. It's been a good day here. Very, very good day. Oh, thank you, Allison. So this one is for all of you. The pen in my hand is thick today. It looks ready to get to work. Not sleek, but functional. It clicks and prints, and that's all I need to write you this poem, this love letter to your craft, your art, your passion, your intuitive genius. This, pe this pen and I want to send words of encouragement to you and your creative tools for symbiotic flow, for eking harmony out of chaos, for the spark between you, the touch of anticipation for what will become a testament to your love. My pen and I celebrate you. Throw the ball, paint a wall, sing a song, walk or crawl, push or steer, pour a beer, hang a light, blow glass into sight.
I'm Global Val. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we hope that what we've provided here for you today helps you to uh, understand that people who are out there uh, caring and trying to enact change in our communities, in our world, and in our wild world of politics. So again, check out globalval.blogspot.com for all of the links to all of our political conversations from the past few months. And I hope it helps you do your homework before Tuesday when you can vote. Remember, you can if you didn't register, you can still go um, for the first time uh, to your local election like your central election office, basically, wherever you may be um, in California, uh, and you can register and vote that day. For San Francisco, that means you can go to the Office of Elections in City Hall in the basement, which sounds kind of scary, but no, it's beautiful because City Hall is beautiful here in San Francisco. I want to thank all of my guests who have come in during this election season. Um, Amy Farrah Weiss, Angela Aliotto, London Breed, um, Michelle Bravo, who joined us today, uh, Shahid Buttar, Barry Hermanson, uh, Josh Jones, who's running for governor on the green ticket, um, Ryan Kajaste, and uh, oh, do we have any other candidates? I don't know. But we did have people who came from CAVO, which is California Association of Voting Officials, who came to talk about um, the necessity for open source software for voting um, voting machines. We talked to Art Persico. Um, we talked to folks from um, the Democratic Socialists of America, um, the Progressive Democrats. It's, it, we've had a lot of cool people who've come in to, to talk about what's important, not just to them, but to the communities and the coalitions that they're forming. Time is now. Change is happening. And we are happy to be a voice of it, <clears throat> even as I lose my own. Peace to everybody. Lots of love. Um, Keep doing what you're doing. I know there's something good in there. And uh, you you matter. And uh, thanks for being part of Mutiny Radio. Uh, also, you can support Mutiny Radio in many ways. One of them is if you go to GoFundMe, we have the Mutiny Radio Summer Fundraiser 2018. We'd really appreciate the help. Rents go up. And uh, we want to keep the doors and lights and mics open for you. Peace, y'all. Stay tuned. The Happy Hour Open Mic Comedy is coming up next. And uh, they always have a good time. So stay tuned.
sure my grave's kept clean. Full moon, full moon and Mona, Mona. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to Women's Magazine here, MutinyRadio.fm, fucking San Francisco. Merry fucking Christmas. This is Free Speech Radio. I don't swear that often, even though I could. But you know what? Hey, you know what? It's the holidays, so tis the season. I'm going to play you some music today. I'm going to be playing them pretty much uh, all day here on Women's Magazine and also on Common Thread Collective. This is off of a really cool album, a holiday album from a local brass trio called Lip Service, um, headed up by trumpeteer Aaron Priscorn and friends uh, Audra Loveland on French horn, which is a very tricky instrument to play. It's one of those loopy ones. And Matthew de Pesquale. So uh, here we go. The Lip Service Brass Trio Halliday album. Um, Carol of the Bells, of course. Bell Carol. I'll be right back. This is Global Val, by the way. Merry fucking Christmas. Yo viviendo plena, supieron que estaba sola y me 
no suena y suena Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Uh, people now are very to the point. Like, you can get everything on apps. Like, the lady is right. You are listening to a crazy, wonderful place. Mutinyradio.fm. My name's Dave Stolowitz. Stay tuned for The Roast of Jesus, hosted by Allison Hooker. Afterwards, we're all going to hell in a hat and then in a basket later on in the evening. Great stuff coming up. $10. Cheap tickets for great entertainment right here at 2781 21st Street at the corner of Florida in the Deep Mission. Come down, folks. Fill these seats with butts and hearts. Stay tuned. Come on, clap your hands and give the Lord some praise.
want to tell you a little story. There was an old mother who lived in New Orleans who was displaced by Hurricane Katrina. She lost everything that she had. Her home, car, family. And when they evacuated her, they sent her to a shelter between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. And while she sat there on a cot that they had provided for her, she had been without food and water and the necessities and she began to cry. She started to shed tears. But while she was crying, she thought on the goodness of the Lord. And she started singing this little song. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, help me say that. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I need some help. Come on, lift your voice and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on. Jesus, Jesus. Well, a young man walked up to her and said, Mother, why are you calling on Jesus? Shouldn't you be calling on FEMA? Shouldn't you be calling on the Red Cross, Salvation Army? Better yet, shouldn't you be calling on President Bush and Cheney and those? And she said, son, you don't understand. There's a reason why I'm calling on that name. Because that's the name that's above every name. And she said, there's a reason why I'm calling on that name, Jesus. And you know what she told that young boy? She said, come here, let me tell you why I call on that name. Savior, Savior, Savior. Come on, help me say that. Savior, Savior, Savior. Anybody know him as the Savior? Yes, you guys are an amazing crowd. Round of applause for yourselves for coming out, supporting live comedy. Good looking crowd, too. Uh, we're all gathered here today to celebrate Jesus. Uh, uh, round of applause if you were raised in like a religious family. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm like, I was halfway. My mom is a Christian, like full-blown, believes Noah's Ark was real, all of that. Um, my dad's an atheist, so she just told me all the stories like they were real growing up. Um, and I used to, when I was little, I used to pray, like, dear Lord, please come down while I still believe in you. <laughs> like, I definitely knew that day was going to end, you know? <laughs> uh, when I go home to visit my parents, I was dread the the time when my mom's going to pray. She loves to pray before we eat. Um, but she's not a very good prayer. <laughs> like after, how old is she? Almost 70, 70 years of experience. She's still pretty bad at it. She'd be like, dear Lord, thank you for our many blessings. I'm like, really? Are you having the Lord fill in the blanks for you? <laughs> like it's a Mad Libs, you know? Like, you fill it in. You know what you've done for me. <laughs> I don't know, fuck 
can think of something, Mom. Like, you're good. You know, you've got a great life. He's <laughs> like, thank you for Allison being here for dinner. <laughs> like, is that what you can think of? That's, that's incredible. Um, makes for a confusing childhood, too, you know, because like all growing up in my mom's household, she always taught me that my body is a temple, right? But then she also taught me everybody's welcome in church. So that was just, I took it pretty literally. Uh, Jesus knows, he sees all. <laughs> I am very terrible at being single. I, I sleep with everybody. Um, luckily I'm in a relationship now. <laughs> Don't get any ideas. Um, no, really, my, my boyfriend is maybe getting a job down in L.A. He's talking about moving, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know? Do I follow someone somewhere else? Do I keep my life here? And I'm thinking lately it's like a public health issue. I'm like, I better follow him down there. It's just for safety's sake, you know? Because me single, woo, guys. Anyways, um, Jesus, what else did I want to tell you about? Let me think. Um, my name's Allison Hooker. It's my God-given name, not, my, not a stage name. Thank you. Yeah, which was always fun. You guys can imagine in junior high when I had to write my first initial and last name on my gym clothes. So it just said, a hooker. It's done like my pants. <laughs> and across my chest. Yeah, thank you. It took me a little longer to find the funny in it. Um, they tease me. They tease me so much that my gym teacher gave me new clothes. She was like, sweetheart, you need to write something else. <laughs> so I wrote the hooker. <laughs> Because I was loving that sexual attention, even in junior high. Bit of a whore. I was cruising around with my A hooker shirt. I was wearing a training bra to support the nipples that had come in. Now I'm wearing a padded bra <laughs> to support the nipples that have come in. <laughs> I'm waiting. Jesus, still waiting for that miracle. Um, I was actually trying to like smack my titties on a guy's face the other night. Not even a joke like that. He broke his nose on my chest bone. <laughs> but you know, in my defense, he's, he's Arab, like probably a little more what Jesus actually did look like. He's got quite a nose. Um, he's Syrian, so he learned how to write in Arabic first. We met when he swiped the wrong way on Tinder. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not dating a Christian either. You're probably very disappointed in that. Um, so anyways, Jesus, we're gonna roast him tonight. Round of applause for him. Round of applause for Jesus showing up to his roast. I love the bejazzled uh, scars we have going on here. He's, he's looking great. Oh, he's got a black eye, too. Um, yeah, he's all shining, ready to go. This is a random question. I'm really going to put myself out there. Has anyone else ever smoked DMT? <laughs> That's when you know Jesus isn't real. You're like, I am, though. I am Jesus. So... <laughs> Anyways, he's kind of reminding me of a DMT-style Jesus tonight, all dressed up in his glittery, glittery stuff. So we are going to have a great time. Uh, so round of applause for the great show that you're about to see. You guys, I cannot wait to bring up this first comedian. He is dressed in his Sunday best. Um, he's a comedian all the way from Portland. Yeah. So welcome to San Francisco. Crazy town, I know. It's like millionaires and human shit on the streets. It's crazy mix that we have going on here. Hard to know what to make of it. Um, ask Jesus. What the fuck is this place? Why, why did you allow it? Anyways, uh, start clapping right now for Isaac <laughs> Pendergrass, everybody. Isaac! <laughs> Biblical name and all. 
All right, give it up for Allison Hooker, everybody. <laughs> Allison, Allison is a very, very sweet lady. I just wish that someone would have told her that her family name need not be her family business. You know? <laughs> no, but uh, uh, she, Allison is actually a very successful real estate agent. Uh, Jesus. And I know because I've seen the Pornhub videos. <laughs> and, uh, no, no, she's a, she's a real professional. Allison follows the real estate market very closely. When the prices go down, so does she. <laughs> but then when the prices go up again, well, she still goes down. But those houses aren't going to sell themselves. So. <laughs> Yeah, they, they call her the big bad wolf in the real estate industry. She's blowing those houses down one by one. <laughs> She's actually screwed more prospective homeowners in the entire subprime lending crisis. You know? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Allison is a very talented and beautiful woman. She kind of reminds me of Minnie Driver in Goodwill Hunting, uh, minus the trust fund, uh, the goals self-esteem, uh, class, yeah, all of that. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, Chris Post. Chris Post, a, a nice, a very, very, very talented comic from Boston. Uh, he kind of looks like Goodwill Hunting is having commitment issues again. <laughs> and she's in Stanford. She's in Stanford, man. You came all the way out here and chickened out again. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you a question, though. I, I, I know it's you because I heard that sad-ass Elliot Smith song go off when you walked in. Is anybody? There's no Goodwill Hunting fans in here. <laughs> All, right. All right, fair enough. Uh, so how, how are your 12 brothers doing? Marky, what is it? Marky, Marky, Ricky, Danny, Bobby, Jimmy, Johnny, Tommy, Timmy, and Brian or something like that. <laughs> and Donnie. Uh, I'm just wondering, do, do you feel bad what Robert Williams did after you told him you were going into comedy? Mm-hmm. Chris, it's not your fault, okay? <laughs> it's not your fault, son. And I, yeah, seriously though, the guy's a comedic genius, uh, much like, he's a very stable comedic genius, just like our president. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about Matthew Quirk. Matthew, Matthew Quirk. Matthew Quirk, he hosted, he hosted the uh, Gen, Gen X versus Millennials show the other night. All right? Yeah. I'm just, I'm wondering what century was Matthew in Generation X? <laughs> Is it the 18th century, Matthew? <laughs> oh, Matthew's old, man. Matthew's old. Matt, Matthew's so old that I'm, I'm not going to have any more jokes about him because I respect my elders' elders. I, I'm not going to do that. But I almost had some respect for Matthew because I looked him up online and I found that there was an author, a suspense novel author, that was a bestseller in the New York Times. It wasn't the same person, though. Um, however, however, it's close because when Matthew's on stage, you are in suspense wondering if it's the last joke or not that he's going to tell. All right, fine. That one didn't go over well. You won that one, Matthew. That's <laughs> Ben Quick and the Ben Quick. And what what can I say about Ben Quick that you haven't already heard? Uh, virtually anything. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody knows who Ben Quick is. <laughs> in fact, the first and last thing you heard about Ben Quick was a voice in your head saying, who the hell is Ben Quick? 
<laughs> now it's uh ben quick actually fell into comedy because people laughed at his music that just right it's not it's not quite the same thing but it works it's good enough uh and you, you may also know Ben Quick from uh, guest appearances in Alex Giampapa's uh, stand-up uh, sets. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, I tell you, if I were the lady on the couch, I'd be surprised to see Ben Quick walk through the door, too, because, because no doors have ever been opened for Ben Quick. <laughs> uh, and back, back in Boston, it's kind of ironic, but back in Boston, Ben Quick is a driver, and I find that ironic because his career is going nowhere. <laughs> but but from what I can tell, from what I can tell, Ben's a great guy, and I know he's gonna he's gonna go really far, and then he's gonna drop somebody off, and he's gonna come right back to where he started from. <laughs> all right, all right. Now let's get on to the man of the hour, Jesus. Jesus, look what 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 is this white Jesus you guys have here? This guy's like he just left Abercrombie and Fitch. Is that a T-shirt up under? <laughs> what is it? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. I'm I'm gonna pretend he's black Jesus though. All right, uh, Jesus. What what can I say about this guy? He's uh he's a man of the hour, and he's so full of himself that he couldn't even attend his own roast. Um, you know, he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Right? Is that is that are there not enough black people in here for that reference? <laughs> you guys don't know that song? He's an on time guy. All right, never mind. Let's keep going. Um, okay, um, we're going to have to treat this show just like we treat our prayers and pretend that he can hear it tonight, okay? I'm sorry, did, did, did I say pretend? I meant have faith. We got <laughs> to have faith. Um, I, I really don't understand why Jesus gets so much fanfare for never having done anything wrong. If my dad was watching me every second of every day, I'd never do anything wrong either, you know? Yeah, that was a week. Um, and, and all this, uh, and, and what about that family with the five fish and the two loaves of bread? How come they never got any credit for that miracle? And in fact, I think the real miracle was that absolutely none of those adults thought to bring lunch that day, you know? <laughs> uh, and what's this savior talk? It seems like the only thing he's really saving us from is his crazy ass dad. Uh, <laughs> It's like it's like we're his uh, personal etch-a-sketch or something. It's like Jesus, did you draw these dinosaurs? Oh, never mind. That's a killing dinosaur joke, but that's okay. Um, but then, but then he killed you too, Jesus. He killed you too, and then he made every superhero movie story follow your storyline, so you'd have to relive it over and over again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. And then, uh, and, and so you have to see it over and over again. And if anybody, and I know you've seen all the movies because you can't ask Jesus if he's seen a movie and he says no, right? That, that would ruin all credibility. And with that logic, I know that he's seen all of the incest porn videos too, which probably explains why his girlfriend's name was, all, was the same as his mother's. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. <laughs> and actually what's taking so long Jesus the entire world is waiting for you to come again uh, Mary Mary Magdalene just wanted you to come once but you couldn't even do that for her <laughs> but but you're just too selfish but you did get angry once when those merchants were selling things in your father's house and that's understandable 
But you have you been keeping an eye on what the people are doing in the church since then? How come there's no more anger, Jesus? I'm just not understanding that. And and the bit about walking on water, I think you need to make up your mind. I mean, a God should not be praised for walking on water. A human should be praised for walking on water. A God should be praised for keeping his mouth shut and letting people live the lives that they want to live bet that best suits their needs and desires. Because that is apparently the hardest thing for a God to do. I'm sorry, guys. It just got a little serious in here. <laughs> but look, Jesus, I'm just trying to help you out a bit because uh, before two weeks ago, you were the only superhero, the mainstream superhero that actually cared about what black people thought. But we've got a new one now, and your time is up, basically. So thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. He will be coming around later with a donation jar. <laughs> Only 20% of your income will do. Um, you guys ready for your next comedian? Yeah. Better question, is Jesus ready for the next comedian? <laughs> he can handle anything. Uh, your next comedian is a San Francisco native, and I just don't think he's that old. I, one of the youngest souls that I know. So start clapping right now for Matthew Quirk, everybody! Keep it going for Mary Magdalene over there. And give it up for that uh, no fire, no brimstone preacher we just had up here. I thought the black guy would really bring it, but I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't talk shit because I don't know if I'm going to bring it. So anyway, hey, Jesus Christ, son of God, allegedly. Allegedly. Kind of a mama's boy if you ask me, though, right? I mean... No, not my mom. She's a virgin, right? What bullshit. Of course, if you believe that, you've got to believe that Jesus is the one that popped his mother's cherry. Kind of kinky, right? Kind of kinky. They skipped that part in the Bible, huh, buddy? Anyway, I know what you're thinking, Matthew. You're just jelly because uh, you gave your life to Jesus and uh, he never calls. Maybe, maybe, maybe right on that. It's cool to bring up notes in a roast, by the way, in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> son of God, what's up there? What's up, son of God? All right, Jesus gave of his flesh that we might live forever, but uh, no homo. No homo with that. Okay? No homo. Right, Lamb of God? Right, buddy? All right, no homo, but he talks these men out of their careers and marriages, right? All them apostles? All right, to come hang out with him. Not only does that sound kind of gay, but it's kind of irresponsible, Jesus. Don't you think? Lamb of God? Are you just going to look at me like that? All unblinking? All right, does this guy even know that they named a fucking work ethic after him? No? Nothing? Jesus? Kind of a miracle, aren't you, buddy? The most miracles, the bigliest miracles, the most miracles, so many miracles. Right, Jesus? 
Anyway, uh, speaking of work, uh, this guy's a carpenter. Uh, I read the Bible. Uh, he doesn't work a day in his fucking life. Not one fucking day. Carpenter, my ass. Which is fucked up because every Jesus I know is one hell of a carpenter. Those guys put work in, man. What happened, Jesus? All right. Uh, one hell of a work. Uh, they talk you into, uh, yeah, all the Jesuses I know, they talk you into work, right? They're promoting it. They want more of it. But this guy's talking people out of work. Uh, and in a bit of marketing genius, like I say, they name a fucking work ethic after him. Fucking miracle. That was a fucking miracle, Jesus. Lazy bastard. If Jesus knew his namesakes are being treated the way they are, he'd have changed his name to pay us. Pay us. A living wage, right, buddy? Right, living God? Anyway, his only famous miracle, anybody? What's his famous miracle? Water to wine. What a fucking lazy slacker, right? The one miracle that he has is very self-serving, don't you think? Gets to get all fucking toe up. One miracle, water to wine. And by the way, anybody know what it takes to make water into wine? It takes work. Work, Jesus. Once again, you have the easiest miracle. You just turn water into wine. No effort. Once again, the Jesuses, they put work into that shit. Kind of self-serving for a deity. I think this guy was like a modern. He would be homeless, right? He'd be a homeless, wino, shoeless, on his way to deportation. Right, son of God? Nothing? Still not blinking. Uh, am I the only one that noticed that all the current followers of Jesus hate Jews? Billy, there's a Billy Graham reference for all you people keeping it current. <laughs> yeah, Billy Graham. Praise his name, right? Dissed his people. His followers are also the greatest abusers of his namesake, of his namesakes, right? Not only are the ones who exploit the workers, but they're the ones who are deporting all the Jesuses, right? You think all those ICE agents are just atheists? Fuck no, man. They're Christians. That's named after you, buddy. They're not too Christ-like, though, deporting those places. I don't get it. And somehow, Jesus is ripped. Did you ever see those pictures of him on the cross? Got them washboard abs, right? Got them fucking pectoralis majors going on. I mean, I got to say, man, that's just one more form of CrossFit that I cannot believe in. Cross fucking fit. Anyway, CrossFit's kind of white, like you, buddy. <laughs> kind of white. 
CrossFit's another miracle, man. Another fucking thing. The only reason you do CrossFit is you just do more CrossFit, which is cocaine. Did you ever do cocaine, Jesus? Come on, that shit's a miracle. God damn miracle. Anyway. Someone said that my jokes, I tried to read them to him. He said that's, you know, that water to wine thing is some watered down wine. I need a miracle to make that one funny, he told me. I was like, fuck him, man. Jesus will think it's hilarious. Right, buddy? No? Give me a wink if you think I'm funny. Oh, shit. He didn't think I'm funny at all. Anyway, so Jesus was there, right, at the crowd, right, when all the people tried to stone that one, that one prostitute, tried to stone her to death. When I first heard that, that they were going to stone her to death, I was like, hey, not a bad way to go, right? Turns out stone him to death means rocks and beat him to death. And he's like, hey, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And then this rock comes from behind the crowd, whacks that chick right in the head, kills her. Jesus is like, oh, mom. <laughs> right, Jesus? <laughs> Lamb of God. Anyway, there's this whole song that rugby has about why Jesus can't play rugby. But most of it's pretty rugby specific. I don't know if you guys would get most of it. But there's one line in there where they're like, Jesus can't play rugby because his dad would fix the games. Face it, it's true. Anyway, Jesus, right? Born of a virgin. Absentee father. I don't know, maybe you are kind of Mexican. <laughs> Definitely a little bit black. Boom! All right, that was a cheap shot. It was terrible. <laughs> it was it was terrible. It was terrible. Maybe I'll burn in hell eternally for that one. Or do you forgive me? Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Anyway, that's all the Jesus material I got. I don't know what else to say. Maybe our next time we'll have more miracles. All right, thank you, Muni. Yeah. Fuck yeah, keep it going for Matthew Craig, everybody. Reading us his jokes in cuneiform off his inscribed tablets. <laughs> keep it going for him. Hi, welcome. You guys are just in time. We're roasting Jesus, and we haven't passed the donation bin yet, so... <laughs> Just kidding. What is it called? The donation? Um, the plate. Yeah. Donation plate. Plate. <laughs> is a plate deep enough, though? Because it's a lot of money they ask for. <laughs> Anyhow, buddy, I know. It takes money to um, do enough drugs to be dressed like you are. It does. All right. You guys ready for next comedian? <laughs> I can't fucking wait because I've never met this guy, but he's from Boston. You guys ready for some attitude? You guys ready for the Boston comedian? <laughs> Fuck yeah, you are. Start clapping right now for Chris Post. Yeah. Fuck yes. 
Thank you, Allison. Um, oh, I um, I didn't prepare anything. Uh, Cause, uh, yeah, I I didn't. I, I mean, I prepared jokes in general in comedy, but not for like roasting Jesus. Um, I should probably get it out of the way, like up top. I'm I'm half Jewish and like half Catholic, so I don't really feel any of this anymore. I just got like worn down over time. Like, um, people are like, you know, you don't look half Jewish, which is true. Um, so like. When my parents first got divorced, we're going to uh, uh, talk about uh, just a couple of weird things. My, when my parents first got divorced, my dad made me go to a Hebrew school uh, uh, to kind of like, it was like him like marking his territory. Like, hey, I'm, I'm Jewish. Uh, you're going to go to Hebrew school. So uh, I, I did. Um, and I look like this and um, I'm named after a saint. So, yeah, I, I wasn't well received there. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Let's talk about crystal meth. All right. So like, um, so I was smoking meth one time. This is like 10 years ago. I don't, I don't do drugs. I, yeah. I don't have much religious, like other than like talking about like drugs, I, I don't have a lot to talk about. So we're just going to do that. Um, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. Did anyone, is anyone going to be like, Oh, I got ripped off here. He's not talking about Jesus. Like, you know, yeah, I mean like I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a beer after or something like that. If you feel like you haven't gotten your money's worth. Cause I didn't talk about Jesus. I, I, I don't know. You know, like Isaac said, like seriously just made me realize how ignorant I am to religion altogether. Cause like, I, I don't know shit about religion. Like I've never read that, whatever the book is called. And like, you know, it's like, yeah. So I don't even know anything about any of this stuff. Um, like, I wouldn't know the Old Testament from the New Testament. Like, I think the only thing I ever learned about the New Old Testament was, like, from a Patton Oswalt bit. I'm not even kidding. Like, I don't I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, I was smoking meth one time. And, um, yeah, uh, hands up. Who in the room has engaged before? Uh, beautiful. All right. So, uh, um, and... I, like, I had only snorted it before, and I used to only uh, snort with straws, you know, because dollar bills have germs, as we all know. So, like, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I had never uh, uh, smoked it before, and my buddy uh, Pat, uh, he, he, he was like, all right, you got to suck on the pipe as hard as humanly possible to get the full effects of the meth. So I sucked so hard on it that I actually drooled into the pipe and extinguished the rock of meth. And this dude named Mikey from South Boston, he looked like an extra from Breaking Bad. He just looks at me and he goes, and he's got three missing teeth. He looks at me and he goes, man, can't you do anything right? <laughs> and you know what tripped me out? I heard it in my dad's voice, you know? It's like I just booted a ground ball in Little League, you know? <laughs> Some bad shit. Um, so, uh, uh, keeping on track with the roast of Jesus, anyone ever get in a fist fight at IHOP? <laughs> All right, all right. Show of hands. How about you? Yeah, come on. Nah, you've smoked meth before. I thought maybe. All right. Hey, who knows? All right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so we were at IHOP. Back. You guys have IHOP out here, right? 
Okay, uh, for context, if anyone doesn't, it's like Waffle House, but worse. Um, so, yeah, like, even sadder. Um, actually, Waffle House ain't that bad. Um, but anyways, uh, there's a 24-hour IHOP in Boston, and if you're there after midnight, it's because you're drunk or struck out at the bar and couldn't meet anyone. So, pretty much everyone there is in a shit mood. So, my friends and I got into, like, a drunken argument with these guys, and these guys were Russian. Uh, that's not, like a segue into like current political climate or anything they just really happen to be russian uh they still are i'm sure for context but yeah um so i was so drunk we got in this screaming match uh about who knows what who's ever gotten into a drunken argument with purpose right you know like that doesn't happen so uh uh we're just yelling at each other and I, i said you know something to them and i was so drunk though at the time that i realized uh, i forgot basic math because there were five of them and three of us okay so we finish our meal we pay our check and we walk outside and they are standing outside in formation like the warriors okay you've all seen the film i presume if you haven't you suck uh, <laughs> um but they're all standing out there in formation, and I immediately thought two things. One, oh, fuck, and uh, two, I want to join these guys, you know? Like, like, they got their shit together, okay? Like, I showed up drinking Colt 45 in a can, all right? And these guys look like they're ready to bust some ass. So, um, I, you know, resigned myself to the fact that I'm probably going to lose. So, I just went up to the guy and took a swing because I'm assertive, and uh, I completely missed. And uh, they were on us like white on rice, and they were kicking the crap out of us. Now, the weirdest thing about that, though, is it wasn't a standard, you know, you know, garden variety, you know, beat down, okay? They uh, beat us up. Uh, with a cane so that's what's fucked up about it absolutely um and two things really bothered me about this it was one uh while they were kicking our ass they were talking to each other in russian and that pissed me off because i felt left out you know like no one wants to feel excluded so (laughs) second off they were beating us with a cane and you know i was thinking in my head man canes are meant to help people right so there's that so anyways, you know, they're done with us and my friend and I crawl back to his car and he drives me home and I was home from college for the summer. So I go back to my mom's house and I pass out and she like wakes me up and uh, she was like, we got to take you to the ER. Okay. So she drives me to the ER and, and, and uh, she takes me to this uh, ER called uh, Newton Wellesley, uh, in, which is in the Boston area, which would be like if you got into a fist fight and then got taken to like the Berkeley hospital, it just undoes all your street cred pretty much. And uh, we get in there and she admits. Uh, and the nurse is there and she, and she was like what the hell happened to you and I'm like I got beat up at IHOP and uh, and she goes was this the one on Soldier Field Road I was like how the fuck did you know that she goes we just discharged your friend so yeah, yeah. Um, I like when it gets a pop at the end of that joke but hey that's cool um, anyways um, I don't know what do you want to talk about Benny what do you want to talk about Oh, yeah. All right. Um, Brian, what do you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. I guess it's my time. Yeah, it's my time. How am I doing on time, Allison? Three minutes. Okay. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are you on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front.